Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Welcome back to my nighttime routine. Just kidding. But honestly, with the time change and everything else, I've had to switch a lot of stuff. And this is now part of my nighttime routine to record these. So I might sound a little bit sleepy, but it's okay. You're here. We're in this together. No big deal. So we're talking about Tantra today. Very kind of controversial topic, but you know, those are my favorites. So that's why you're here. I travel to try different experiences. This has been a huge pillar in my life, which I have always needed, especially when living overseas. I just love embedding myself into different cultures and lifestyles and learning new things. Experiences stay with us forever. So let's talk about what Tantra is. So according to modern sexology, the average man lasts between five to eight minutes. Now, the average woman takes about 20 to 40 minutes to climax. So you see, we have a huge bridge to gap here. Tantra teaches us to slow everything down so that we can create connected pleasure for both parties at the same time. It teaches us to tune into the breath and really put the other person's pleasure before our own. Tantra, or Tantra, is really getting in touch with your wounded feminine and masculine energies. These are interchangeable. Masculine does not only mean men. We all have these in us, no matter your gender or identity. It's about the masculine needing the feminine energy. Tantra or Tantra is all about moving energy. And yes, this does include sexual energy between partners. This can encourage healing, spiritual growth, as well as deepening that connection of intimacy. So I want to talk about the different types of Tantra. So white is the foundation of all Tantra. It's really more about the philosophy, individual practices. It's like kundalini yoga practice. It's very devotional, high vibrational, spiritual work. So you can potentially do some couples practices with white Tantra, but that's not very common. This is really for you and personal development. In white Tantra, there isn't any sexual techniques. There isn't any nudity. It's really focused on purifying and clearing the channels and kundalini awakening. Pink Tantra is working more with our sensual, sexual energy. So there's not necessarily nudity, but there can be. There doesn't have to be, but there's more couples practices going on and group practices going on. A lot of eye gazing, connecting heart to heart, sharing from your heart, and different exercises like massages, circles, and dancing together. So you're really starting to interact and harness some of that sexual energy. They're usually like techniques that ignite your sexual energy and guide you to transmute it through the body. So there's no sexual acts or anything like that. Red Tantra. So once you get to Red Tantra, there are sexual activities that take place on a one-on-one session or a group setting. 
This can be yoni massage, a lingam massage, a prostate massage, different sexual rituals to harness sexual energy to build charge to come out of the body or clear your auric field or just reach a higher state of bliss in connection with your orgasmic states. There's black tantra, which is like sex magic. So this is using things like using menstrual blood, semen, or other sexual fluids in order to do different manifestation spells. Another process of black magic is basically at the point of orgasm, putting out an intention. So again, using sexual energy to amplify a manifestation. This can definitely be used and abused, so definitely proceed with caution. This could also step into things like astral sex and these kind of realms. Again, do so with a lot of integrity and protection. My first and second tantra retreats were completely different, but yet so life-changing. So the first one was very much so white tantra. I chose to focus on my sexual assault with trauma. I just felt like there was so much stored in my body, like it just needed to be processed. We had extremely long days. I did not like that. I'm talking like waking up at 7 a.m. and going to bed at 11 or midnight. It was exhausting in the best way possible, though. I didn't like that we had super late meals, like noon and a dinner, but the rest of the time we would only like be able to snack on fruit. And for me, who has PCOS, sugar in the morning was not for my body. I got super bloated. So luckily I pre-made some kitchery, which is an Ayurvedic dish. Amazing if you want to rebalance your body. And I had that in the fridge as well as granola bars and other snacks filled with protein. Most retreats are set up like this because they usually start with breath work or yoga, which you can't have a full tummy on. So it kind of sucks. But also doing retreats, I have had a retreat in mind for a really long time of my own. So I just take notes of like what I want and what I don't want and what I like and things like that. So we started off with the chakra dance. I'm not really a group person and I always wonder like if others are judging me. So I was really in my head. I was so disconnected from my body. I noticed within this moment that what was really underneath all of that was that I had a hard time sharing my intimacy with others. I knew this was a level of vulnerability that I needed to work on. We did so many boundary exercises and eye contact exercises. Eye contact has always been awkward for me. This is honestly where dancing became a part of my practice. It really connects me to my mind and my body. It's inner child work. Like, let's be honest. The most any of us have ever danced fully with ourselves and our body and our mind was probably when we were little. Nowadays, it's always dancing at a club Like, just dance around your house and have a good time. Dance in public when you want to. Doesn't matter. But this is something that you can take with you all the time to be grounded, to connect with your mind and your body. Like, you don't need anything. Put on some headphones. You don't even need headphones. Like, just dance and move your body. 
I really focused on moving like every part of my body because I don't know if like I'm the only one or if other people do this, but I just noticed like there's certain parts of my body that I tend to dance with more than others. And I just really experimented with moving every single part of my body and seeing what it felt like. And it was truly amazing. There were some couple exercises at this retreat. So my partner and I were the only couple there. So it was a little weird because we wanted to learn more couple things, but it was also good at the same time. I really learned that my whole image of sex and sexuality was completely skewed. I wasn't using my sexual energy to the best potential. So sex was so much more than pleasure. It's about being intimate with your own body and and your partners, but also with the world. And there's just so many other ways that you can be intimate with like other people, like friends, there's different types of hugs. There's just, I don't know, it just really took the label and societal standard for me off of sex and intimacy and just sharing that in different ways with other people. I learned so much about surrendering to my body, to my mind, to myself, I learned how to actively listen to my body and to stop living in a world of disassociation. I really focused on my fear of being seen. This was so much shadow work for me. I remember being so exhausted. I like didn't have any energy to do anything. Like I was just drained. I realized that in breathwork when I start to breathe fast and heavy, It triggers the system for fight or flight, and this is what I needed in this retreat, was to see this cycle and connect the dots. As a sexual assault survivor, when I'm sexually active and the same thing happens, where I'm breathing fast and heavy, I get the same feeling in my body as I do in breathwork, and I understand this happens with a lot of survivors. It's very normal in that aspect. For me, this was a really key component on where to start with this healing process. So in breathwork, I always try to stop breathing in those moments, slow my breath down. And if you've ever done breathwork, it doesn't work like that. Your hands are like literally shut together. I don't even know how to explain it. And they hurt so bad. You cannot pull them apart. It's like impossible to open them. You can't even move any limb on your body. Like you're just in this like freeze mode. And I think that's why breathwork is also so good for trauma, especially sexual assault survivors, because you have to surrender. That is the only thing left to do. So your whole body's tingling. It's a whole process. So the key to my healing was once I got to that point, I need to push through and be open to and allow whatever comes up during that moment. So that is what I focused on. Both classical Tantra and Neo-Tantra have always been known as being controversial paths, diving shamelessly into shadows such as desire, lust, and longing. Recently, there has been a growing awareness around trauma, and participants are often looking to Tantra as a place to heal traumas. Others report that the Tantra field re-traumatizes them with its confrontational practices or questionable boundaries between facilitators and students. So most schools do not allow this, but a few believe it should be allowed. I always say to do extensive research and just be careful about facilitators and make sure you can 
always leave any situation. I feel like one of my experiences related very well to being taken advantage of. Now, because of my extensive background with trauma and coaching, as well as my personal experiences, I saw the red flags right away. But a lot of people I don't honestly think will. So I will say just be very, very careful about facilitators and things like that and know what you're getting into. So the second Tantra retreat was a mixture of pink and red. From the very start, I was so hesitant based off the description, but my partner really wanted to go. So I was like, okay, we can go under one condition. If anything weird happens, we leave the activity and maybe even leave the event. And they agreed. So I was like, perfect. We're on the same page. And one of the reviews, it was literally like I had the best orgasm of my life. And I was like, what am I getting into? Like, I don't want to do this. We also had to bring shawls. So my brain went like straight to sexual things. I think I was also just a little bit conflicted and on the fence because in the first retreat I went to, there was this girl that just came from like, I'm pretty sure it was a red tantra event. It was very sexualized. She talked about temple night about going in there and basically having like an orgy. And so I just, I didn't want to be in that environment. That's just not the kind of tantra that I was looking for. So I was very hesitant. I wanted to make sure we had an escape plan just in case. There was definitely nudity at this one. I did not partake in that, but it wasn't even about getting naked. It was about vulnerability and honesty. This one, honestly, really helped me build a stronger connection with my partner. It was very couples focused. There were so many activities about expressing emotions. And I opened up about loving my body for the very first time. It was literally incredible. There were boundary exercises on saying no. And being a sexual assault survivor, this is something I constantly have to work on. This was such a powerful exercise. I will be bringing this to my retreats. I'll be bringing a lot of practices from that to my retreats because they were just so, so powerful. I practiced my partner asking me to have sex and I didn't even like get to say no. I literally just, I, I broke down. Like I realized it's because from my trauma, I wasn't allowed to say no. So I honestly feel like if I'm not having sex with someone, then what am I worth? And that sounds really bad to say, but just know if you're a survivor and if you're feeling this way, like you're not alone. This is part of the healing process. That was so ingrained into my mind. And it's like bringing tears to my eyes right now because just reading it and saying it out loud is very, I don't even know how to explain it, but it doesn't sound good. And all I wanted was a kiss or physical validation. But I realized like I am worth so much more than that. Like sex does not define me or my worth. It doesn't define your worth either. I'm allowed to say no. You're allowed to say no. I don't owe anyone anything else. And you guys don't owe anyone anything else. What I wasn't a fan of was that I felt like this retreat let everyone gets super vulnerable and then it would throw in like a sexual practice. So I really felt like I was kind of being taken advantage of. I also didn't like the fact that like the couple was 
a little bit unprofessional. I don't really know how to explain it, but I mean, they were part of the experience, which is amazing. But at the same time, you also have to have a very fine line and it just felt very laid back. I wasn't a fan of that. This is an example of one of the practices where like they made me feel vulnerable and then they would throw in like a sexual practice. I was very excited for this self-love practice. They said it was self-love. They said to put on whatever outfit made you feel sexy. So for every practice, they show you an example and for every activity, they demonstrate it first and then they let you decide whether you want to stay or not. They don't provide you with the next activity. It's not like a normal retreat where they're like, hey, this is what we're doing next. And this is the description, like be here, show up if you want to be here or not. They didn't tell us any of that. They just said, hey, the next activity is at this time and you need to show up here. They didn't do this because most people wouldn't go if they give them a description. Like, let's just face it, most people don't try things out. So I totally understood that in that way. I personally wouldn't have gone to most of them if I was given a description. So I'm kind of glad they did it that way. It really gives you an opportunity to step outside your comfort zone and get into things. We go about this activity in practice. It turned into like a self-masturbating thing and I literally had to leave. I was so triggered They also had temple night the last two nights, and I was not doing that. Yeah, I just did not like the setup of it at all. Like, I get there were some good things to take away from it, but I think it could have been structured a different way. They could have left that stuff for maybe an extended period of time where if you wanted to do those things, then you could stay two extra days or whatever it be. I personally was not a fan of that. Um, So yeah, I didn't stay. I left, went to my room. I was exhausted and it just was not for me. But this was honestly the first retreat I did after I had been practicing opening up my throat chakra. So I talked a lot more in it. I was really, it was just nice to share my energy with a group like that with my newly expressed voice. I had so much fear, uncertainty, doubt, and anxiety, but it settled into like this beautiful, peaceful energy by the end of the retreat. It felt so nice to truly be seen and understood for who I was. It was just this beautiful visual to see myself transform and how far I had come. I am so proud of myself. The connection I made with my body to my mind, my relationship, for finally using my voice as my power and for setting boundaries, for continuing to deep dive into my soul and for being there for myself and being willing to receive the love in return as well. So I have some Tantra practices for you guys, and it's a little hard to explain some of them. So I will be posting examples, visual examples. The first one is called Shakti and Shiva. So this is a sitting pose for couples. It doesn't even have to be for couples. Honestly, you can do it with a friend. It's not sexual in that way or or anything like that. So partner one, We'll sit on the floor, crisscross, applesauce, aka cross-legged, and then partner two will sit facing them with their legs wrapped around them. You can place each other's hands on your hearts, or partner two, who is facing partner one, can put their hands above their partner's shoulders, and partner one can wrap their hands around the waist of partner two. So, like I said, I will be posting some visual examples because explaining it is a little hard. You want to focus on each other's breath. Open your mouths and feel each other breathing. 
one partner will exhale and breathe into the other partner and that partner will inhale and breathe. So it becomes like this continuous cycle. It's like the infinity sign. So you can also just breathe together in the same beat if you want. Another practice of Tantra is on a daily basis, focusing on seeing the divine in everything, meaning there's something good in everything. Breathwork is magical. That would be another practice. It is so profound in healing. This and energy work are the quickest ways to move energy in the body, which is the quickest way to clarity and closure, at least to me. Another practice is eye contact for at least five minutes. I know that doesn't sound very long, but when you're in the practice, it is pretty long. And just being there and in the present moment. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about my experience of Tantra. I hope you guys try the right Tantra retreat for you, whatever color code that looks like in your genre. I appreciate you guys being here and listening to my experiences. It truly means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.